We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome into the show. It's Friday. You made it. You might be starting to relax and kind of ease into your weekend, Perloff, but someone who's hard at work... Everybody at the New York Jets, they're trying to woo Derek Carr, who's mm. in the building this weekend. <laughs> what do you think? They invited him there just to be like, uh, I don't know. Go get yourself a sandwich over there. No, they're going to wine him and dine him. They're going to try to convince him he should come to New York. You're saying they would put let him put pen to paper this weekend and not wait for Rodgers? I think they would. I think it's like, what's the old saying? The bird in a hand's worth two in the bush. I think that you're going to wait for Rodgers to emerge from his sensory deprivation cabin and then what 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 did he find there that he wants to go to the jets what if he says he wants to go back to green bay what if he wants to go to vegas you can't wait does he have a no trade rogers does not have a no trade but he always has the the threat of retirement so you gotta play ball with him a little bit he's gonna go you know just like what the packers did with Devontae adams yeah i mean I, i i i totally understand what you're saying I think that they at least want to have a conversation with Aaron Rodgers before they sign Derek Carr, the pen and paper. I think Rodgers would love Robert Sala and Joe Douglas. I mean, I think anybody would. I think Derek Carr will love them too. They're really easy to like. I agree with you, but it's not like such an easy move for a guy who, listen, Carr doesn't have a future in Vegas. There's no way he can come back. The team has told him, you're gone, you've been released. With Rodgers, at any moment, he could repair the relationship with Green Bay. We've seen this so many times. There's always that threat of, man, 18 years, we've been here. Let's try to do this thing the right way. Maybe he doesn't want to do the same thing that Favre did. We have no idea if that plays into Rodgers. Like, there's just so many obstacles here that if I'm the Jets, I'm thinking, I got Derek Carr in the building. He's better than any quarterback I've had since fill in the blank. Why? What do you mean? Why is he better than Sam Darnold? Derek Carr? Yeah. Sam Darnold was atrocious. Yeah, but Sam Carr, Darnold's not going to be a starter in this league. I think he had a higher rating than Derek Carr did last year. I mean, what what is Derek Carr's Carr? Carr's coming off of a bad season. But why? I don't know. Couldn't get used to McDaniel's system. No clue. I have no clue why that didn't work. In the red zone, he was atrocious. We talked about this with Stu yesterday. He was terrible. I don't think he can be that bad. He's an instant upgrade. Sam Darnold was terrible for the Jets. Maybe yeah. that wasn't all his fault, but he was bad. Yeah, I mean, so... Derek Carr last year had an 86 rating. And, I mean, that's Sam Darnold-like. And he, he's had a, he's had two good years. One, with, I think, both under Gruden. I, I don't know. I'm not sold. I mean, Sam Darnold couldn't beat out Baker Mayfield. Listen, no, Sam Darnold's not good, but are you closer to Sam Darnold or are you closer to Aaron Rodgers? Well, no, he's definitely not closer to Aaron Rodgers, but I don't think he's close to Darnold. I think he's he's a middle – he's like a top 15 to 18 quarterback. And I think the Jets would be, like, thanking their lucky stars if they got him. So, yeah, really? I, I think oh, they're going to try. I think they're really going to try to sign him and make a big push this weekend. Okay. So, we'll see. I also went into the Clarity Scarf. Yeah. And I saw Aaron Rodgers' future when I was in my own sensory deprivation situation that happened in the break an hour ago. Yeah. And I saw Aaron Rodgers landing with Miami Dolphins. You think it'll happen? 
Uh, well, if the clarity scarf is worth anything, <laughs> it's, then it will happen. Thank you. That's what it felt like in there. It was like nice and warm, cuddly. I think it's interesting the timing, on, the timing on Aaron Rodgers. What about it? So, all these teams, how long do they have to wait? Uh, well, for Carr, you can sign him immediately. Yeah, yeah, for Rodgers. So, for everyone says the Raiders now, are they going to wait around? Yeah, you start getting anxious, start getting antsy. Now, here's the thing about the Raiders. Is it just smarter for the Raiders to draft somebody? Mm, I don't think they think like that right now because of all the veterans there. Uh, and also, I don't think this is a great quarterback class. Why not do Aaron Rodgers for one or two years, and then if it doesn't work, totally tank, and then go in for your quarterback? Where are they, number nine now? Yeah, seven. Seven? Yeah, I, I don't think you're going to get such a no-brainer. I, I'm all about the process. I want to just... Try this, then tank. I mean, honestly, we have Devontae Adams. Yeah. You can't bring in a rookie. That's I, we've, we've been talking about this for weeks. But you have to admit, there's a reality problem of having all these old stars in Vegas. No, I get it. it the team looks like it's built to win right now. But what's Aaron Rodgers going to look like first year with Josh McDaniel's system? Is yeah, it actually going to fit? You know, I don't I, know. I just feel like people have been – people who seem to know things keep saying – it does. Rodgers and McDaniel's doesn't seem like a fit. Although there was a report out today that McDaniel's has long been a fan of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I mean, who hasn't? Well, Jeff Darlington said that yeah. McDaniel's thinks he can run his offense with anybody, but he said nobody could run it like Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, that's pretty. Good. I mean that, and honestly, that that makes you think that maybe likes him as much as he likes Brady. I don't know. It seems like a love affair there. The, I guess the question falls on Rodgers then. What does he want to do? What does he want to do? There's a lot of reasons not to like Vegas. They haven't won in a long time. The division's hard. Division's brutal. Yeah, but That's so is the AFC I, East. Yeah, but not as... I think it's a little harder to be under Mahomes. Not a little bit. I guess Josh Allen. And just having to go... I mean, I know Rodgers playing cold weather, but those games in Buffalo and Foxborough, like Belichick's always got something up his sleeve. How is about it? this? Yeah. Did you see this report that came out with our buddy Ty Dunn? Uh he did a podcast with Bob McGinn, who's covered the Packers for decades, okay? For decades. He told Ty that the Packers are, quote, done with Rodgers. He said discussions with someone who's had firsthand knowledge, he's not coming back. I mean, they're disgusted with him, and they're done with him, and they're moving on. Disgusted with Aaron Rodgers was how he put it. Someone Oof. who's covered the Packers for decades. Are you surprised by that? That's no. that's hard language. I well, well Bob McGinn kind of talks like that. He's very blunt. <laughs> I don't really know Bob McGinn. Scoot very McGinn. Well. Yeah, his draft guy is amazing. But I'm not shocked by this. It does feel like the Packers are done because there's multiple reports. Who else had it? Schefter or somebody? But disgusted? Like what is what's disgusting? Disgusted about is it? too strong. Uh I think he Bob McGinn, as I said, I think is kind of blunt. Yeah, I think they're tired. Of, of course they're tired of this. Wouldn't you be? Well, they, I mean, they're the ones who gave them the $60 million. Yeah. So I think you know, it takes two to tango here. Yeah, I think they regret that. <laughs> well, I don't know. I think they regret the, the structure of the deal. Because it really felt like a two-year marriage. It fell apart quicker than they would have thought. Man, imagine if they just hadn't drafted Jordan Love. What, how would things be different? Yeah, I, I don't, don't know. Rodgers might have still won the two MVPs. I have no idea if that really put a super chip on his shoulder or if he was destined to do this anyway. Kind I of like Jordan dis Love. Disrespectful to say he wouldn't have done it. But Jordan Love definitely made Rodgers feel a certain type of way about the Packers. Big time. But he won two MVPs yeah. after that. 
I like Jordan Love. I'd like to see how that works next year. Surprised, disgusted with him. I, that that to me just feels like it's you know that doesn't compute with even how Rodgers is talking about this. Every time he's on McAfee, he's not saying, "Oh my gosh, this is broken down." We're you know we have such a terrible relationship. He keeps talking about how respectful all of this is. They've been having great conversations. He now did, they're disgusted with him. He did say all that stuff at the golf tournament about other teams. I don't think that sat well. Mm. Uh, the Pro-Am, uh, Pebble Beach. Yeah. He kept talking about other teams. That could not have sat well with the Packers. Right. We were talking about the galleries. We're saying Raiders and stuff like that. By the way, I have some interesting odds for you. Oh, go ahead. This is, according to oddschecker.com, these are Vegas odds on the next Jets quarterback. Now, this must be before the Derek Carr report because it has plus 140 for Rodgers, plus 325 for Carr, and plus 350 for Lamar Jackson. Like, I, this Lamar thing, I, I think you're. if you think you're really going to pry Lamar Jackson out of Baltimore, I, I just wouldn't believe it. I don't think they're ready to move on from him. I think he's definitely getting franchise tagged, and I think he's going to play this year either on the tag or with an extension. Interesting. Yeah. You yeah. think he's getting traded? I think it, it's, hard to t- it's hard to read that situation. He's a mystery. I think he's even a mystery to his own team. In part because he doesn't have an agent, so he doesn't communicate. There's no agent to leak anything. It's just his mom. By the way, car odds have the Jets high up, the Panthers, and the Saints. Pretty much a three-way tie, again, before this visit. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. We know the Panthers are good. The Panthers are definitely going to at least look at Derek Carr tape. Wouldn't you do that if you were them? Absolutely. But I think they might end up just drafting a quarterback. But you don't want to fall in love if if this draft class just isn't there. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, I, I've, I've fallen in love with one prospect so far. Who's that? Anthony Richardson. Uh, Florida quarterback. The Florida quarterback. And it's not because he's ready to go right now. He's definitely more of a project. But that's exactly what people said about Josh Allen. They thought he was going to be more of a project. And if I'm going to have a quarterback, like in this day and age, where I really want the dual threat, I want them to be able to run the ball. And obviously, they need to have a great arm. I want a big guy. Like, hasn't the NFL shown us? And even if you're big, you can get hurt. I get that. But... No disrespect to Bryce Young, but I want a bigger dude. I want, like, is Ben Roethlisberger, Josh Allen. I want someone who can really take some hits. If you draft him, though, when is he playing? And if he's not playing immediately, then who's your quarterback? I have a bridge quarterback. I think if I was a GM, the perfect way I would set this up is what the Chiefs did with Mahomes. I don't know if they planned it this way, but you had Alex Smith who seemed like at least he was a decent enough guy that he mentored Patrick Mahomes, didn't give him the cold shoulder, you know, try to be a jerk to him. And then you have that veteran guy teaches the next guy for one season. And then you put the second year guy in. That's it. That's how I would do it. Well, you have, but they don't, no one has an Alex Smith, a pro bowl quarterback in their building. Well, I try to get somebody who could, who at least I know could hold the fort like an Andy. I don't know if Andy Dalton is like this, but I feel yeah, like I mean, he would he be kind of nice. He like, he would, you know, Justin Fields was just talking on that part of my take podcast mm-hmm. and thanked Andy Dalton profusely yeah. for how much he mentored him. Yeah. By the way, Carolina will also be looking at Justin Fields. Probably they, they will be kicking the tires on that trade. Mm. The one thing about Anthony Richardson and yeah. his numbers are just so pedestrian. I mean, Josh Allen's numbers were not good either. That's what I'm saying. But they're four times what Anthony Richardson did at Florida. I mean, Anthony Richardson really just did not 
throw a lot of touchdown passes. I get it. His numbers are not great, but Josh Allen's numbers weren't great, and he was playing at Wyoming. I mean, at least you, he's Richardson's playing at the SEC. As I recall, Allen had a good sophomore year. Then his receivers all left, and he had a bad junior year. Same happened to Jordan Love had a killer sophomore year. Yeah. But Anthony Richardson just has never been consistent as a passer. I just That worries me. I know, but I think that old feeling of, oh, a guy can never become more accurate on the pro level. I think that Josh Allen has proven that that's just not right. You know, I used to think that too. I used to think, guys, oh, you can't get to the NFL and you can't become more accurate. Well, if you work your ass off, you can. And it turns out if you have this great work ethic, you can get a lot better. And then your team has to help you out with great mm. receivers. Yeah, I, I'm still still cautious here. Okay, uh, Josh Allen was 56% at Wyoming. Now he was... Okay, so, and Anthony Richardson, I do not know what he is. Probably about the same thing. So, that's would, a good point. Maybe you know, maybe they're better off now. And but as opposed just, to Bryce Young, who is just like, it's great. He's going to put on all 15 pounds yeah. before the combine, and I'm sure it's going to look a lot better, you know, on paper. But you're asking me, like, I'm going to put him out there, and, I, you know, he got creamed in some of the hits he just took against Georgia. So, Anthony Richardson's 54% on uh, his career. And Allen is 56 and Allen was 56, yes. Yeah, I mean, same, same. Um, yeah, but then again, you don't want to draft Jake Locker. So that's always the big concern. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> Who is uh, close I'll, to 50 in, in college. And, I remember going to Seattle to do an interview with him. That feels like a different lifetime ago. All that being said, too, by the way, is there a possibility, just let me put this out there, Yeah. that teams are not going to draft any of these quarterbacks because – they feel a little burned by some of the quarterbacks who've gone high lately. It's possible. They might look at the Jets. They might look at the Niners and say, you know what? We're not going to go two, three, four. Yeah, it's possible. And you do have guys who are on the market who are fine. Like, yeah, I mean. Carr is good to me. Like, Carr is a good quarterback to me. Rodgers obviously be the prize. Lamar would be a prize. But, like, you even have a, a little bit more of a middle class. I think Jimmy they, G's out there. There's so much demand for quarterbacks, say Anthony Richardson. But last year was so confusing because we had four guys in the first round in every mock draft. Yeah, and then one None of them of went. Them. One of them went at it. 20. Yeah, I know. What is happening? But this year, I Shea has four quarterbacks as top 10, including Anthony Richardson. I just, that feels like a lot to me. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. All right, so Derek Carr is meeting with the Jets. What do you think the Jets are doing with Derek Carr? I don't know. I'm, they can't do Dinner? anything. Dinner? You can't take him to New York City because I don't think he liked that. So it's going to be hard to compete food-wise for New Orleans. Like, New Orleans probably destroyed the food front. I don't know what (laughs) – you live near there. Is there anything to eat out in suburban New Jersey? I was just actually thinking, so I live about 15 minutes from Florham Park where the Jets facility is, and I bet if I – I think I could narrow it down to about five places I think they might go. Oof. It, there's not much out there. People think New Jersey, and you think like Newark or the Sopranos or something. It's not like Florham Park is just farms. <laughs> can you imagine it's the, the burbs? Can you imagine the meal that he ate in New Orleans? Uh, I bet it was good. See, that's why I couldn't play in New Orleans. Oh, I I'd look like you'd be an offensive lineman by the time. It <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say Jared Lorenzen, but I feel bad <laughs> at saying that. May rest in peace. Yeah, I um, feel bad about calling you an offensive lineman. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. That's what I would look like. I think I, I would look like myself. an offensive lineman, and I do not look like one now. No. Yeah, that's another reason to go to New Orleans. I mean, everybody loves to eat in New Orleans. I know, but I think you'd get party too. I mean, it's a credit to these guys that they keep their weight down. Derek Carr is not partying. No, I don't think so. He seems like a pretty straight and narrow dude. Uh, you think so? Did you see that long speech he gave to the church in Vegas? I did not. Oh, he's full-on preacher. 
Yeah, I mean, I can see how those qualities would translate well to quarterbacking. You know, you got to communicate with everybody. You got to get buy-in. You got to make sure everyone believes. You got to make sure everyone's staying positive. And those are not exactly what you think of a New York City (laughs) No, when you think of the Jets. (laughs) (laughs) Buy-in, positivity, everyone believing. I mean, the ultimate. (laughs) Please. Surely you jest. I think the ultimate Jets quarterback of all time is Joe Namath. Brash like the city. Broadway, yeah. Broadway, Broadway, Mink Coats. Yeah, I have trouble seeing Derek Carr do that. But then again, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is for the Jets. Yeah, it hasn't been whatever they've been trying. Chad Pennington had a brief window (laughs) before he got hurt. Yeah, right. And he went to Marshall, right? He was yeah, yeah, Pennington. Pennington is similar to Carr. So that worked. Yeah, I, Maggie, if Carr does sign, maybe you have him and his family over. They seem lovely. <laughs> yeah, would they like to come over to my house? David is, you can invite David over. I know how you feel about him. <laughs> hey, that was private. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. We have an uh, update for you on the coaching front. We'll get to that in just a mo- minute. Also, the advice duck, back to answer your questions, conundrums, and quacks. Uh, let me know <laughs> what do you, what advice do you need from the advice duck that will happen in just a moment. And this coaching news don't move more Maggie and Pearl off straight ahead. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Back on Maggie and Perloff. If you're watching on our YouTube channel, CBS Sports Radio YouTube channel, you will see there is a giant yellow bird next to me, and that means one thing. It's Friday. It's Advice Duck time. Advice yeah. Duck, how you doing? Uh, feeling very wise, extra wise today after doing the clarity scarf yeah. and now the duck costume. This is like as good as it gets for me. <laughs> this is, this is as, as this wise is as I will ever be. The most focused Maggie Gray you will ever get. Yeah. Something, something happens to you. You put that advice duck costume on and you're just a completely different person. You're, yep. you're calm, all seeing, wise. So what do we got this week? Anything good come in the inbox? Okay, so this came to us at Maggie and Perloff at gmail.com. And it's from a guy named Jim who asked that I withhold his last name, so I will respect your wishes there, who said, my kids are getting older. I've got a son who's about to turn 12, and I have a daughter who's about 10 and a half. Perloff, close to your kids' age. Yeah. So we're now having trouble when we're trying to watch movies. My kids are constantly asking me to watch movies that are rated PG-13 or rated R, and I'm trying to stop them from seeing anything more explicit than what they're going to find on YouTube and TikTok and the normal things they have in their day. (laughs) Gotcha. Advice, Duck, is it okay to show my 12-year-old and and 10-and-a-half-year-old an R-rated movie? (sighs) Can I add a little addendum? Also... Scary movies. I want to hear your answer on that one as well. Yeah. I'm going to say, listen, I have a three and a half year old, so I'm not here yet. I think you've got to read your kid because it's impossible for, for me to answer. Like, let's look at some of the movies who are the movies that are out right now. <laughs> Cocaine Bear. 
<laughs> is that going to do any real damage to a 12-year-old? They're not going to understand it. They're going to, you know, they might understand, all right, this is a drug that makes you, you know, sped up or whatever. But I don't think that's going to do any real damage as opposed to... What about Winnie the Pooh, Blood Honey? Yeah, that one is screwed. I think I, can't I probably would not let my 12-year-old watch that, even though it's obviously so, Winnie the Pooh. Like, Knock at the Cabin, I'm not going to show to a 12-year-old or a 10-year-old because I think it might freak them out. So here's, that sounds good advice, Duck, but the yeah. reality of having a 12-year-old is all they watch is horror films, and it's not them that you have to worry about. I can't go see those movies <laughs> as a parent. My daughter, they've all seen It. It is a from 8 on. They've all seen It. So you will fall behind your classmates if you haven't watched. We were in a plane recently, and my daughter, the 12-year-old, watched Smile. And just, oh, my goodness. Just looking over her shoulder freaked me out so bad, but she loved it and enjoyed it and has watched all those movies. Okay. I'm just trying to think. Yeah, the, the first time I ever saw, like, Halloween or something. Yeah, I don't think I, I was 12, though. I think I was a little older. I think the kids are doing horror. Or uh, horror is so wildly popular. Now, Cocaine Bear might be a different animal. Because... I think, literally, I think Cocaine Bear probably, I don't, I don't know. Jim didn't say which movie they were going to see. I would think Cocaine Bear is not going to be that bad. It's probably got an R rating because it might be a little gory, but I don't think it's going to well, be la- do lasting permanent damage. Like I saw the movie Gremlins too young, permanent damage. How, how young? Gremlins I, is I think not... it was like ten. Uh, have you seen it again lately? No, I won't ever see it again. <laughs> <laughs> I was scared of Jurassic think... Park. It came out when I was like nine. Oh, that's scary. That but scary. I think Adult Maggie could handle Gremlins. Gremlins? Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I Adult understand. Maggie can't handle much. But this is advice, Duck Maggie. So I'm gonna say. I'm going to say no, hold off, although Perloff, the, you, you gave me something to think about. They might fall behind their peers, and I don't Big want them time. to be subjected to scorn. I'm going to cop out. I'm going to have to say no your kid. Do you think your kid's going to be scared? It's a hard one for me to answer for another parent. I'm going to yeah, say. That's an individual choice. I know. I'm going to say saying. hold off. You'll be happy you held off. Yep. If your kid is easily scared, don't let them go see Knock in the Cabin. Totally. Instead, just keep them at home. Give them 14 hours a day of screen time, yeah, as just, we all do. <laughs> just whatever YouTube's going to feed to them. I'm Let sure you yeah. Call of Duty. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, exactly. Call, yeah. Grand Theft Auto <laughs> Good boy. Is my, that is my uh, advice to you. Yeah, I don't get it. These Are you guys over there on the other side of the glass, horror movie guys? Have you seen Smile or no. It or any of those? No, I'm uh, very anti-horror movie. Yeah, I'm not really into them, but I don't get like super scared by them, but I'm just, just not my genre of movie. Yeah, some and people love it. What's the deal with the Winnie the Pooh slasher movie? Is that a real thing? I don't know. Yeah, so the I guess the copyright or whatever the trademark yeah. for Winnie the Pooh ran out, so now anyone can make movies or anything with it's a his public name. domain now. Yeah, yeah, so they made a, a a movie about him being a slasher, and they also made a couple of years ago uh, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Oh, I, I saw that one. So there are all these <laughs> movies that are bizarre and weird like that that have made a good amount of money in the box office. But that one wasn't that was scary. Hugh Jackman, wasn't yeah. it? Vampire Hunter? I think so, yeah. That wasn't really scary. Uh, unlike Winnie the Pooh, the mass killer. That's <laughs> but that's got a lot of a lot of publicity, but I heard it was not a very good movie. Yeah, I can't imagine that. Are being... you shocked by that? Did you think it was gonna be a good no. movie? Do you think Cocaine Bear is gonna be a good movie? No. I, I think that has a chance. No Oscars in the in the in the future for those movies. <laughs> uh, and it would be a snub. I love uh, my man, M. Night Shyamalan, but I'm not hearing... You have to love him. He's from Philly, right? Yeah, I'm not hearing wonderful things about Knock at the Cabin Door. I can't watch that. It's about a guy who has to kill his kid or something. No. I just let the whole world in. (laughs) (laughs) Perloff only watches... 
TV shows that are post-apocalyptic. That's the only kind of TV show. And then tells me how scary they are. Like, why do you keep watching them then? You watched the one that was based out of Chicago. Now you're watching Last of Us. Oh, Station Eleven was amazing. Last of Us is amazing, but so sad. I don't think they make any shows that are pre-apocalypse now. That's pretty much... Walking Dead is the most popular show on cable history. Right. Uh, I did do some Walking Dead. It's pretty good. But you're not a a zombie person. Nah. Um, Jerry in the chat sent this one a little bit late. Advice, Doug, should I go into a dark room retreat and hide from my wife for three days or man up and do the chores all weekend? I think you're going to know my answer to that one. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like a little Al Bundy-ish, that question. a little bit. Yeah. Like, hey, take my wife. Please, Please. take her. Yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> That's Henny Youngman. We're, um, doing, we're doing Catskills humor now. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. What's the movie you saw too young? Do you have one? No, I don't like horror movies, so I, I never saw any of those. Nothing scarred you as a kid? No, I mean, listen, when you're a young boy of a certain age, you really just, you're looking for... A certain thing in the movies. <laughs> you're looking Skinamax. You're looking for boobs. I mean, I'm not gonna lie to well, you. Horror man. movies usually deliver yeah. on that. Right before she gets killed, usually they show you the full. Yeah. No, 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 no. But you know, definitely. And if you look back at those early '80s comedies that were so influential. Yeah. There's so many gratuitous nudity shots that make no sense whatsoever, Completely. except to pull in the 13 year old boy crowd. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Wasn't there that website or was that? Uh, uh, it was a movie, 40 year old version. They create a, yeah, right. they create a movie. <laughs> but, a database of when the yeah, nudity take, is. Take a movie like Caddyshack or Stripes. There'll be one random shower scene that you're not quite sure why it's there. I think the most funny, random, like, shot movie that has that shot is Airplane. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden, everyone's freaking out, and then it's just the woman who's topless. Yeah. Connor has no idea what we're talking about. He's way too young for that. You don't oh. know Airplane. Airplane the movie? Yeah. Yeah, no. No idea. Naked Airplane Gun? the movie. I've heard of it before. Naked I know Gun? Have you seen airplanes. Naked Gun the movie? With OJ? No, no with OJ? No. Yeah. I did know OJ was in that, but I never saw it. Oh, it's, boy. It's funny. Uh, we have a call with a completely sports-related advice that question. Oh, wow. Let's get to it. Thank you. 855-212-4CBS. The duck costume cuts off my peripheral. So I can't see the call screener. <laughs> so thank you for the heads up. Jimmy is in Texas listening on 1230. Jimmy, what's up? Hey, well, it's good to have focused vision. That's all I can say. <laughs> but um, I, wanted to ask, I wanted to ask the duck, how come we can't get the officials? I mean, it would be nice to be able to have the officials uh, in front of a microphone for at least five minutes after a ball game in case you got some really important questions you'd want to ask about, oh, I don't know, maybe a holding call or whatever. <laughs> But it's the league that hires these people. Why is the league protecting them so much? That don't seem right, is it? You know, Jimmy, it's a great question. Thank you. And one the advice duck will happily answer. So what they do is they have the pool reporter, right? So they send one reporter in to talk to the referees. But you're right. They do protect them. They do this in every league. A little more transparency, I think, would help. The NBA started putting out the end of two-minute report, you know, the NBA referees go over the top on Twitter, apologizing when they miss calls, stuff like that. I always uh, thought... But they do have a pool report now, so that's... Yeah, new. they have a pool report now. Yeah, for NFL, and they never used to have that, so they're moving in that direction. I think these NFL refs are so media savvy at this point, I don't think it would be a bad thing to put them in front of a press conference. They can handle themselves. They're just going to be citing the rule book, so... Yeah, I mean, that's the thing with this penalty. At least they have the actual facts that it probably was a hold. Yeah. Technically a hold. 
So they don't really have to apologize for what happened, in my opinion. And I'm an Eagles fan. Yeah, and listen, James Bradbury really took him off the hook when he said, I yeah. played his jersey. So. Well, did you see the NFL films came out of the Super Bowl and yeah. everyone's playing the slow-mo or the visual of him pulling his jersey? So there was definitely a jersey pull. But if you're going to slow down any 60-minute football game, there's 40 jersey pulls. So the question is, did it raise to the level of did you have to call it? Yeah, I say you absolutely did not have not to call it Not you, meaning you, Maggie, or you, the advice duck? Both. We came to a consensus on this one, <laughs> me and the advice duck. Uh, other quick referee news, though, uh, after Jimmy brought that up. So the the tush push, the idea that you can, you know, do the rugby scrum and then push a guy from behind, like how the Eagles were so successful on all their quarterback sneaks and stuff at the goal line. It doesn't look like that's going to be changing. I think they should change it. That, it, that wait, wait, play wait, wait, wait. doesn't seem fair. So I saw Blandino said they should change it. Did somebody say it's not changing? Because that's well, the best news I ever Sean heard. Sean Payton said he's going to run it until it's illegal. So he didn't, yeah. he didn't get a sense that they were going to change it. Blandino's uh, now the head he, of the XFL, right? Yeah, but he also works for Fox. He said yeah. yesterday he thinks they're going to change it this offseason. I think offseason. they should. It doesn't, look, it doesn't look legal. No, it doesn't look legal. It's totally unfair. But it is pro offense, so maybe they'll stick around. I'd be surprised. Sean Payton was saying if they keep this legal, I'll use it six times a game. <laughs> it <laughs> yeah. is great. It was such a secret weapon for the Eagles. Not it so was, secret. I mean, right. It was it was a huge factor in their success. Makes me nervous as an Eagles fan because if we don't have that next year, that takes another thing away. It's I know, gonna be you harder might, to get back. You might actually have to run a real play on fourth and one. Their whole play calling revolves around getting to fourth and one. It's bizarre. I love it. I hope you know what's wrong with rugby? Rugby's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not what we're doing here. Uh, thank you so much for the questions for the advice, Duck. Come back. We've got your Casamigo shot of the day. Don't move. More after this CBS Sports Update with Rich Ackerman. Maggie and Perloff hanging out with you on this Thursday. It's been a lot of fun. Let's get to the Maggie and Perloff shot of the day. He shoots! And the shot of the day is brought to you by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos is brought to you by those who drink it. Well, as Perloff said, someone who's been taking his shot for 25 years. <laughs> a story about a lonely Marine yep. waiting for his sweetheart. A retired U.S. Marine in Mexico has spent 27 years waiting for his sweetheart to return. Every Valentine's Day, the 58-year-old Esteban Perez stands on a street corner with flowers, hoping that a woman he met at a nightclub in 1996 will show up. Esteban should not be going to the nightclub with flowers, hoping and praying that Cecilia shows up. Esteban should be wondering, what did he do 25 years ago that made her basically say, no thanks? Maybe it was just the wrong time. So why would now be the right time? <laughs> she thought it over 25 years later. was like, ah, I'll give him another shot. <laughs> Desperation, maybe? Maybe uh, Cecilia doesn't have anything going on. <laughs> maybe she's between uh, husbands or something. There you go. You still think this is romantic. I thought someone I, in the chat said he's not waiting there for flat with uh, for her with flowers. He's just selling flowers. <laughs> I thought it was like the movie in Sleepless in Seattle where the guy keeps showing up at the top of the Empire State Building waiting for his girlfriend. <laughs> I got that vibe from it, but yeah. immediately your radar went up and said, no. No, and also a little lazy, right? Like, go find her if you really want to find her. Don't wait for her to show up. Now, we got he... Facebook. We've got Twitter. We've got TikTok. We've no. got Snapchat. She's got to be on something. 
LinkedIn. I mean, go look for. You're saying finding Cecilia on Tinder is as <laughs> yeah. romantic as waiting for her on a corner with with flowers? Keep swiping. She might be there one day. Oh, that is so sad. <laughs> on Tinder. Amazing. Uh, Casamigos, of course, and we're so proud to have them as a partner of this show. This is what I really am looking forward to. We're almost close to the weekend here. Casamigos Mint Lemonade. Ooh. Yeah. Blanco tequila, the fresh lemon juice, simple syrup, get some mint leaves. I know it's February. You don't think lemonade, but that gets people in the mood for a party. Oh, that sounds great. It's actually kind of warm today. I know. And I said New York smells like a foot. I think we need something to look forward to after all the excitement of Super Bowl weekend. At least we have All-Star Weekend now. Did you see one detail about All-Star Weekend? No. That there is a celebrity who's coming to introduce the starting lineups. No. Who? Anyone want to guess here? I hope it's not Kanye. (laughs) (laughs) That would be pretty wild. Uh, Obviously, no, that's yeah, another wild one. Obviously, your DJ Khaled will be in the house somewhere. At I mean, some point, he's he has been to every All Star game yes. since 2007. Yeah, uh, Drake obviously will be there. Yeah, so, DJ Khaled to show up be like with a new watch. So it's an unexpected celebrity. Uh, he's probably promoting a movie. Give us a hint. Uh, I mean, The Rock is at everything. That's Fast and Furious. The Rock? No. Vin Diesel? Yeah. Bruce Willis. <laughs> Vin Diesel. <laughs> I don't quite understand. I don't know why Vin Diesel is going to be here announcing the lineups, but okay. Okay. There you go. I don't know why that was noteworthy to you. Don't you know that... um, He's Groot, too, but you don't know what that means. He's Groot, too? He's Groot. Oh, I don't know what that means. He's a Marvel character. Yeah, it's one of the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. So you know that they do, like, picking up... They choose sides in the All-Star game now. And I was listening to a basketball podcast. I like a basketball Illuminati. They said, make sure you... You have to look and see who the captains both pick because that's the new super team that's going to form. Like the breadcrumbs of the next super team get laid while these all-star festivities happen, right? Famously, Katie and Kyrie kind of, you know, laid the groundwork at the all-star game in Charlotte, I believe. Also a little on the Olympic team. But now you can tell like LeBron, you know, Keeps picking, kept picking Kyrie Irving over and over again. Yeah, you had Kevin Durant pick Devin Booker several times. So what? Uh, who are we watching closely here? Because a lot of those super teamers are getting a bit long in the tooth. Okay, so the new one to watch sounds because, like a retirement home <laughs> super team. Because the new one to watch, apparently LeBron has already done this a few times. Is Luca? LeBron keeps Oof. picking Luca on his team to try to send him like a. A subliminal message, hey, let's play together for real. Oh, God. Can you imagine how bad that would look? <laughs> Why? <laughs> but Luca, because there's a 24-second shot clock and one ball. And the ball <laughs> never leaves Luca hand. I don't know how the Kyrie thing's going to work, too. I know. Kyrie missed the last game with some back tightness. So I watched my Sixers last night, and I yeah. think I figured out basketball. It's nothing matters. No, no th- lead matters. It doesn't matter. And that's all true. Yeah. But the team that passes the ball is going to win the NBA title. James Harden has... Just zero interest in passing the ball. There was about five plays where the 24-second clock started with the ball in his hand, two seconds left, took a bad three-pointer. I, I don't understand. Luka, he doesn't, he's not interested in passing. Kyrie's not interested in passing. LeBron still passes, but not enough. I'm telling you, these these teams are all going to get just railroaded in the playoffs. <laughs> well, they'll play differently in the playoffs. Luka is, is, zero, Luka. Luka is zero threat. Yeah, but he's had success in the playoffs. They haven't made it to the finals yet, but he's made it to the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, but th- were they ever really a threat? Well, I mean, I don't know. 
I know. No. <laughs> uh, let's get to our buddy, Josh Allen, uh, who was talking on our other buddy, Kyle Brandt's podcast, was talking about the success of the Kansas City Chiefs and what other teams have to do now to replicate it. If you look at him statistically and what he's been able to do in his first four or five, six years in this league, you know, it's kind of unmatched by anybody. So, um, you know, they're they're the the mantra of what you want to be. Uh, and how you how you need to do it because again they're just constantly in the AFC Championship game. He's been in three Super Bowls now. Like you got to find ways to you know it's a copycat league, so you got to find ways to to be like them. Well, I mean, if it was only that easy, Josh, I, I'm sure there's a lot of general managers out there that are trying to replicate what the Chiefs do, but there's a couple things there. Number one, Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league, so when you start there it's really hard to replicate for as good as Allen is and Burrow is. And I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be or Herbert or Lamar Tua, whoever you want to say Mahomes is a cut above clearly. So it starts there. Mm. No. Well, I mean, I would Jalen say Hurts. if you put Josh Allen with Andy Reid in Kansas city, then Josh Allen's hoisting Lombardi trophy. Well, maybe you put Josh it's, Allen with Travis Kelsey or well, something like another the, hall of famer. I agree with what you're saying. It's the marriage of Andy Reid. Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. It's a whole package. I don't think it's just Mahomes is driving this. You're right. You can't duplicate Mahomes. But look, he didn't do any of the fancy Mahomes stuff, and their offense scored every time in the second half. Yeah, because he couldn't. So I, I think it's all that together. Do, will you agree at least that it's the Reed-Mahomes combo is unmatchable? Yeah, I think it's the Reed-Mahomes combo. I think you make a case Travis Kelsey could be the best tight end of all time. Sure. So you've got a nice little core there. Before that, you had Tyree Kill, the fastest wide receiver in the entire league. And... I just think it's it's one thing to say you were going to replicate the Chiefs, but I don't see who could really do it. The closest, I guess, might be the Jags because you have Doug Peterson, who mm. was under Andy Reid. I think that Trevor Lawrence is as talented as anybody, but obviously the big turnover at the end of the game against the Chiefs, and that cost him um, I think there's in the a, divisional round. I think there's some similarities with Sean McVay when that's cooking in the Rams. But the Chiefs did all that pre-snap movement and confusing the Eagles. Uh, I think the Rams do a lot of that. I think Kyle Shanahan can get some stuff going. I think it's just an unstoppable offense. It doesn't have to look like the Chiefs. It just has to be unstoppable. So I I think they can replicate that. And at their best, I think Josh Allen was close. You don't think the Bills were really close in that 36-33 or whatever? Yeah, they, they, they were. But one thing that the Chiefs also have that we don't give them enough credit for, the ability to come back from double-digit deficits. They do it. It, and they make it look good. I mean, they've done it in two Super Bowls yeah. now where they've come back from double digits. They did it very famously against the Houston yeah. Texans a couple of years ago. They also gave up a 21-3 lead to the Bengals. And in the lost NFC the game. Sure, you're right. I don't know if, yeah. But the, but the ability to play from behind, like you are never out of it, you know? So we're all the great teams these days. The the, the Jags, as you mentioned, the came Bills back with like 20. Oh, they can't play from behind? Well, I mean, it's... They're never behind. They're always blowing leads. I know, because they don't have a run game. Um, I, I think it's... Yeah, I, I don't think it's impossible to replicate. I think there's several teams around the league who are who are close. Man, I think it's impossible. But yeah. that's where we're going to have to leave it for today. Thank you to Stu Kovacs, Dynamite Work. Thank you to Connor Green. Fantastic. Jarrett Payton, the son of Walter Payton, who joined us to say, hey, it's not the 80s anymore. Put a dome on that stadium. That was awesome. Thank you to the Weedos in the chat, the Purple Drankers. We'll be back tomorrow to close out the week. Have a great one, everyone.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.